This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here is your host for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson. Good morning. Glad to be back. Welcome into the program. Talk of the Town, 800-765-TALK is the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. Well, I left on Thursday thinking that redistricting would be wrapped up and we would be uh, we'd be done with it by the time I got back. In fact, in fact, I was a little concerned that I would miss all the fun and it would be all said and done by the time I returned on Monday. Well, guess I was wrong. Uh, it seems there's no agreement among Republicans in the state Senate on how the senatorial redistricting map should look. The House has passed its map, and the congressional districts have been settled on. The House is recessed until the Senate can get its work finished. So that's where we are. I incorrectly thought, maybe still a little naive, as jaded as I am sometimes, maybe still a little naive, that this would be a painless exercise. We knew... Going into redistricting, not everyone could be satisfied. There would be some who were upset. There would be those claiming there was vast conspiracies of gerrymandering. Well, truth be told, both parties do it when they're in power to try to draw the maps to their advantage. Both parties do it. Democrats did it 10 years ago and did it for years prior to that. Republicans will do it this year and will do it into the future. But... I also thought up until a few days ago the process had been transparent. It had been out in the open. The public was involved. The public got a chance to weigh in. And the map that came out of the committee, while not perfect and certainly left some um, upset, it did pass the committee unanimously. It did have bipartisan support coming out of the committee It had been viewed by the public and did its best to keep counties as whole as possible, which was an overarching theme throughout the public input sessions. So up until a few days ago, I thought, wow, they might pull this off with as little gnashing of teeth as possible. Then the map came up for third reading and amendments, and that is where this process has stalled. The Senate seems to be flailing. Never before seen maps have come to light and been introduced as amendments. Most maps actually have a name put to them. From a senator who has proposed the map, Trump 8, for instance, that came out of the committee, well, Senator Charles Trump proposed the map. The Takubo amendments, well, that's Senator Tom Takubo. Floor Amendment 1, that's the infamous map with no name attached to it. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? It certainly raises the question of gerrymandering, but for a Republican Party that already has a supermajority, it seems like a needless maneuver to me. The map came out of the committee, still favors the majority party. There's no indication West Virginia is going blue anytime soon. So it's lost on me what the advantage you're trying to gain is, unless you're trying to push the state legislature further to the right that it already is. Are you actually targeting members of your own party because they're too centrist, too moderate? 
Can you explain to me how a map that divides 13 counties is better than one that divides it in just a couple of ways? Questions I have. Why try to jam through a map that's had no public input? Why try to jam through a map that does not satisfy the desire by many to keep counties as whole as possible? Why run the risk of losing public trust? I guess the answer is because you can. Brad McElhenney will join us. He'll update us on what's happening down in Charleston. There is uh, other action that was taken over the weekend uh, by the state legislature beyond redistricting, but that's that's pretty much been the focus. We'll talk about it with Brad coming up 9.33 this morning. Also, later today, WV President E. Gordon Gee will deliver his State of the University address. That will come up uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon from the law school. And uh, always interesting to hear Dr. Gee reflect on the last year. It'll certainly be interesting to hear him reflect on this past year, but also what I think has been a very successful reopening of campus this fall. So we'll get his thoughts 3 o'clock this afternoon. There is a live web stream. Mike Nolting is going to have it covered for you, wajr.com. A couple of notes uh, from over the weekend. Arson charges have been added to the list of allegations facing Joshua Price. He's already accused of killing Tyler Poston, uh, Poston, Poston last year. Uh, well, earlier this year, I should say. But uh, police now believe Price tried to set the home on fire, Poston's home on fire, five months before he was shot and killed. So you can add that to the list of charges facing uh, Joshua Price. Four people were killed in a tragic accident Friday night along U.S. Route 50 in Doddridge County. The accident happened when a car pulled into the path of a truck. The truck driver, as well as the driver of the car and two passengers in the car, were all killed in the crash. Steelers got a game-winning field goal to beat Seattle 23-20. That was set up by a Geno Smith fumble. And kickoff set for 7.30 for WVU's game this Saturday at TCU. Metro News game day coverage uh, gets started at uh, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon uh, on both of these radio stations. All right. Coming up, Brad McElhenney, bottom of the hour. We'll get an update on the special session that right now uh, only includes the Senate because the House finished its work and is now waiting on the Senate to agree on a senatorial district map. Is there a chance this gets laid over again today? Probably pretty good, but we'll get McElhenney's take coming up bottom of the hour. Your calls, text, tweets are always welcome as well. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-TALK. That's 8255, or you can text me, 304-TALK-304. 9.13, 9.13, we're off and rolling to get a new week started. We're back in a moment. We're talking about your town. Now back to the talk of the town. Reactions starting to uh, trickle in on social media to the news this morning that uh, General Colin Powell has passed away at the age of 84. Uh, Senator Shelley Moore Capito tweeted a few minutes ago, saddened to hear of Colin Powell's passing today. Not only did he make history throughout his decorated career, but his incredible personal story 
and life of service to our nation inspired countless Americans. Charlie and I are praying for his family and those who knew him. Again, uh, General Colin Powell passing away this morning at the age of 84, and you can expect more on that story coming up later this morning on Metro News Talk Line. 304-TALK, 304 is the text line, 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. We'll talk to Brad McElhenney, bottom of the hour, about uh, where the Senate stands on a senatorial district map. Barry in Fairmont, in the meantime, would like to weigh in on the maps. Good morning, Barry. Good morning. How are you? Buddy, I'm doing all right. What's uh, what's your take? So we've been watching the map thing, um, and I haven't paid attention to the whole state because I don't know the demographics of other areas to know what's good or good, better, and different. But, mm-hmm. you know, obviously been watching locally. And, and let, let me say this. Senator Mike Caputo is a good, good man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really, he, he really is. But, honestly, we are so politically polar opposite on everything. We've had some <laughs> heated arguments on political issues. Uh, he has come out and voiced some concern with the uh, district that he would be in, which includes Marion... Uh, Wetzel, Marshall, Ritchie, and Taylor, or excuse me, Tyler, I believe it is. Um, and, and his concern is that that we don't have anything in common. Marion has nothing in common with those counties, that it would make more sense to have Marion and Harrison together. And as, as polar opposite as we are on everything, I agree with him on that. Um, you know, there's there's nothing that Marion County really has in common with any of those other counties but we do have the I-79 corridor in common uh, with Harrison, as well as associate, you know, the airport. We, we have people on the airport authority there and, and business, you know, that are close to each other. And it just seems to me like that's the way to go with that particular district. And uh, I don't from a Republican standpoint, mm-hmm. I think having those other rural counties in with Marion might make it easier for a Republican to win a Senate race. Uh, which we've not been able to do for who knows how long. Uh, and maybe that's the way they did it. But, you know, I just think it needs to be bumped in with Harrison County. You know, you know what's interesting to me, Barry, as I look at Amendment Number 1, that's the uh, supposed Carnes tar map and then uh, Tom Takubo's amendments that are floating out there. And, look, I'm, I'm looking at this as a state, whole state, so it's kind of a bird's-eye view. But they – sort of leave most of the current 13th district intact and i say sort of there's some alterations there but it's mostly the you know morgantown fairmont area that uh currently bomb beach and mike caputo represent so is that you know i you can't change one district without changing like 12 others but uh i mean it, would you is does that make more sense for you know that part of marion county which i mean currently in the current map you know, Western Marion counties over there with Western Mon, Wetzel, Tyler, Doddridge, Ritchie, and so on and so forth. But does that make more sense, even though it seems the rest of the map is uh, geared toward Republicans? Just uh, it, it does. I mean, not, this is only my personal opinion. I would rather be tied to Harrison County than Morgantown, mm-hmm. but that's just my personal opinion. Um, and, and it would be nice if we could get all of Marion together with whatever means, but it still doesn't make sense to me to put all of Marion with uh, you know, Wetzel, Marshall, Tyler, Ritchie, uh, it, it just it just doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, it, it doesn't to me when you start looking at common interest, Barry. There's the, the I-79 technology corridor running through Marion County. Uh, you look over Tyler, Wetzel, Dodridge. 
there's a lot of natural gas over there. I mean, there's a lot of development areas. I never thought I would see it in some of the parts of those counties, but it's totally different than what I think is going on, uh, you know, especially in the Fairmont I-79 corridor area of Marion County. I agree with you there. Yeah, they, there's there's no correlation whatsoever. I mean, we, we have very little drilling-related business in Marion County. There's some, not a lot. Um, you know, they don't have interstate. They don't have rail. Well, Westville and Marshall, I think, do. Uh, but you know they, they they don't have the river we have. Uh, they just they don't have anything in common with with Marion versus Marion having in common with Harrison or, or Mon. Barry, I appreciate the perspective, buddy. Thank you for the call. Uh huh. Yeah, and that's we'll talk more with Brad about this. I look had the amendments that we're looking at, whether it's the Carnes Tar map or, or Tom Takubo's maps. Have we had a chance to look at them through the process? And that's where I tend to get hung up, and that's where I tend to get down in the weeds too often is looking at the process because I that is where that is where you can have input. That's where I think you learn about lawmakers, county commissioners, legislators, city council members, is do they respect the process? Do they respect the 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 input you gather from public opinion and look not all uh, public input sessions represent a majority not all public input sessions give you a a good view of exactly what's going on i mean we've seen them loaded up before one way or another but my point is if you respect the process it gives you an idea i think of the lawmaker of of how they approach their job we didn't see either any, any of these amendments none of these were out there none of these were being considered they don't do a as good of job, I think, of the the major point that you heard from Republicans, from Democrats, from people who showed up at these public input sessions, keep the counties and the communities as whole as you possibly can. It's not possible to keep them all whole, but you can do a pretty darn good job. And, and I actually think the the Trump map does. Is it perfect? No, certainly not. And that's where I get hung up in here is is the process by which this is happening. These discussions are happening behind closed doors. They're not happening out in public. And you can tell there's disagreement or they would have had a final vote and we would be done by now. Yeah, the floor amendment one, and we'll get into this with Brad more. Floor amendment one and the Takubo maps, Yeah, there are some... Certainly, there are some differences of from the current 13th district to what they propose, but it's it's a lot more similar. A lot more similar, keeping Fairmont and Morgantown uh, together in that what is geographically a smaller senatorial district. Actually, geographically, probably the smallest. Mm, maybe one over in the eastern pan will be close. We'll talk more with Brad coming up in uh, just a bit here at the bottom of the hour. I do want to mention Westover City Council briefly. Uh, it will meet tonight, and the calls for or at least call we'll see what happens during the meeting tonight for an investigation is not going anywhere cliff notes version you've probably if you're listening to this show then you're probably well aware of the allegations that were made uh, regarding mayor dave johnson abuses of power so on and so forth that came from the recording of a meeting that happened more than a year ago it happened last september but the audio got posted to youtube this fall and there's been fallout ever since from that. 
Uh, there's been some heated Westover City Council meetings since then. Might have one again tonight as um, Westover City Councilman Ralph Mullins, I'm confident, is going to again. Well, I don't want to say again. He will ask for an investigation into these allegations. Now, there was, I think at the previous meeting, uh, a request for an investigation into the comments made by Councilman Mullins on this show. <laughs> I want to investigate his comments. Well, that, that went nowhere. We'll see if this goes anywhere tonight. Now, Mayor Dave Johnson has already said he will not run for re-election in 22. And he attributes a part of that decision to what has happened over the last few weeks. Fair enough. And will we learn anything about Aaron Dalton's future? That issue has been hanging out there for the last year and a half or so, where he has been on paid administrative leave while investigations were ongoing. So could be a very interesting Westover City Council meeting tonight. Seems like they've been very interesting the past couple of weeks. The people of Westover deserve some answers. You've had these issues. You have these allegations that came up during this meeting. They deserve answers. Did they happen or not? Were there abuses of power, or is this about some sort of political acts to grind? Is this a, is this a personal dispute that's now spilled out into public, or are there some teeth to these allegations that have been made? I think the folks in Westover deserve, at least deserve an answer to that. Even if Mayor Dave Johnson has said he won't run for re-election, okay, fair enough. But have these things going on, and can you prevent them from happening in the future? A couple of questions. I think, I think those are fair questions if you are a Westover resident. And to be fair, if you look over Dave Johnson's tenure as mayor, he has done some positive things, a lot of positive things for the city. Getting the Morgantown Mall... Finally, within the city limits was a big get. That was a 20-year, 25-year battle. You look at the West Ridge development. Look at the Gateway community, uh, Gateway development. I mean, they have added some territory to the city of Westover that financially is going to be huge for the services that the city can provide. Those are all positives. And you got to be fair, Dave Johnson was able to make those things happen. He has an understanding of the TIF districts, how those work, how this all plays into the financial future. Got to be fair. But also, these allegations are out there as well. Those allegations are floating out there. There are other rumors and claims that I can't even begin to cooperate. But those are floating out there. So, does anything come from this call of an investigation tonight? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Westover City Council meeting later this evening. We'll probably send somebody over to that tonight, would be my guess. All right, Brad McElhenney will join me next. We'll talk maps or a lack thereof or what's happening down at the state legislature. Anything? Question mark? We'll talk to mention new statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. Your thoughts welcome as well. 304-TALK-304 and uh, 800 800- 
You know the number, 800-765-TALK. Right now it's 930. Let's get a news update. Check in with the Metro News Anchor Desk. Find out what's happening across West Virginia. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town. I opened the show. I said I thought this was going to be a painless, well, you know, relatively speaking, painless redistricting process. Never thought it would drag into uh, a second week. Brett mentioned new statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney didn't think so either. He joins us on Talk of the Town. Hey, Brad. Hello, Dave. If we're talking about this next Monday, we'll know things have really gone wrong. <laughs> Okay. All right. So where are we? We I think we talked on Wednesday or Thursday last week before I went on assignment. And I kind of thought, Brad, this would be wrapped up, if not Friday, wrap it up on Saturday. Uh, But here we are Monday morning and the Senate still has not uh, brought the senatorial district map for a final vote. So where are we? Uh You don't even need to erase your whiteboard. You can just keep Wednesday's whiteboard on this matter because we're in a we're in a state of stasis. Uh, so, yeah, the Senate goes back in supposedly at 11 today with just three things on the agenda, the top of which is Senate redistricting mapping. And there were two new maps introduced on Friday evening by Senate Majority Leader Tom Kubo, a Republican from Kanawha County. So, you know, I'm Magic could happen, and one of the Takubo maps could break this logjam, but a logjam is what it's been now, uh, I guess, since last we talked. I don't think you and I should be blamed, but that's that's been the case. Um, what appears to be happening is there was, as you know, one map that came out of the Senate's redistricting committee, and it looked reasonable to my eye, uh, with, with very few minimal county divides, uh, a decent amount of uh, population equivalence, um, but but that map has been on hold, and, and it appears that there is a debate in the Republican supermajority caucus that, that is holding things up. Uh, one of the, the issues there is there are 23 Republican senators. Uh, one of them, Republican Eric Nelson, of Kanawha County has been on an overseas trip, and I don't think he's back yet. Uh, so that brings you down to 22. And, you know, what happens in caucus stays in caucus, but what you can read into and, and what the scuttlebutt has been is that it's been basically an even split 11 to 11 with uh, senators on the moderate-ish side, you know, at risk of, of sort of over-defining it but the moderate-ish side uh, being in favor of something like the one that came out of committee. And and the other side, which is a little more to the right probably, uh, being in favor of, of what I what I think of as a more aggressive map, uh, more, more splitting of counties, more splitting of, of urban areas. And it's been Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and now today, and it doesn't look like they can resolve that logjam in their own caucus to bring one map or the other to the floor for a vote. I would ask you why we're going through this, but Brad, I don't know that you, do you have any insight into why? I mean, we've had public hearings. 
Uh, the committee passed a map with bipartisan support that seemed to really hammer home from from what we heard in the public input sessions that uh, keep the counties as whole as possible, understanding that's impossible to keep them all whole. I mean, do you have any insight why we're at this stalemate? Why go that direction when it seemed like you, you had a map that had bipartisan support and was not going to be perfect, but was going to have fewer criticisms? Yeah, and, and you know, the specter of court challenges. That's yeah. that's one thing. I mean, the, those public hearings had a significant amount of discussion about what would be a map that would meet the standard that has been set both in the law and in case law. Uh, to, to stay out of court. Um, and that, you know, the question you just raised is one that I think was raised at one point, maybe multiple times, by Senator Mike Wolfel, a Democrat from Cabell County. What I remember Wolfel saying, I'm going to paraphrase, is, look, you're going to have Republicans a majority or a supermajority for a decade now, at least. Why why be aggressive beyond that if you if you're assured of, of having control of the Senate for, for the next decade? There are only a couple of things I can think of. There, there have been public comments with Republicans saying that that Democrats. To their eye, overly gerrymandered in 2011 and 2001. And what I read into that is there's an element of payback. Like, all right, you did it, so we're going um, <laughs> to. The other thing that I can think of that, that has been less explicit is there, there is clearly a, a divide in the Republican caucus between, you know, to, just to label, between moderates and people more to the right. And it, it feels to me like those more on the right would like an increased opportunity for victory on on public policy important to them and that may mean a map that not only is is an uphill battle for democrats but that gives candidates to the right greater chances of success so that then the numbers are more on their side on on legislative policy debates for years to come that that's me wondering that it's nobody has exactly said it but it's it's me analyzing it and and wondering if that's a factor because at least in part one element of my thinking is there there is clearly a divide within the republican caucus and so why is that uh, and, and that's what i come out wondering is if if those on the right-hand side of the Republican caucus would like to further tilt the map in their favor so they can win more in the years to come. A wise man once said, Brad, serenity now, serenity now. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, mean it's, it, you know, it's, just... it's drama to watch over the next day or two or three or uh, as long as it takes until Senator Nelson comes back. <laughs> the House of Delegates has, has recessed. They're they're living their lives, going back to work, doing enjoying the pretty day. <laughs> they're going to come back at some point. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens today. Uh, redistricting continue. Oh, by the way, there was other uh, there were other bills on that special session call. Uh, where are we with the um, vaccine mandate exemption bill, Brad? Can you kind of? I, I was out a day last week. Catch me up. Where are we on that at this point? 
Yeah, that passed the House of Delegates with a lot of debate, but it was a pretty large margin that it passed. Uh, notably, the Speaker voted against it, uh, Speaker Hanshaw, but the Majority Leader, Amy Summers, who was the first guest on Talkline today, yes. uh, voted in favor uh, and really led the, the effort in the House side. But the, the Senate still has that today. And, you know, I, I, I again sense that there's a real divide in the Senate um, because uh, this bill that would codify exemptions to vaccine mandates on the basis of religion and medical reasons, uh, I, I think may have a, a decent level of support among rank and file voters, just regular people. But businesses, employers are, are clearly against it. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce came out with a letter on Friday with, with 30 some employers, big employers in West Virginia. And those are people that you know, support candidates, fund campaigns, um, our employers in communities. So it, politically, I don't know that this is an easy decision for uh, particularly the Republican supermajority in the Senate. Uh, so that's that's still up on the agenda today. It's actually on second reading, which is typically when you get amendments. Uh, bills need three readings to pass. Uh, so we may have another day or two of debate on that topic also. Uh, I recommend you settle in, Brad, with a snack bag close by, buddy. Uh, one of the Republican senators who's in the middle of all these debates sent me a text saying, pack your lunch, meaning uh, it may be a long day. I want to throw some dinner in there, too, Brad. didn't say pack dinner. <laughs> well, that's, hey, there's a, there's a positive outlook on things. Save, save snacks for dinner. There you go. Brad, mentioned his statewide correspondent, Brad McElhenney. Uh, you on with Hoppy later? I am the 1045 guest leading into the mayhem. Mm, good luck with that, Brad. All right. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Metro Statewide Correspondent Brad McElwinney. Back in a minute. Now back to the talk of the town. To the text line we go, 800-765-TALK. That's the phone number, 800-765-8255-304-TALK-304. Text line, Dave, it's really convenient when Republicans have no other arguments. They just cite what the other party did X amount of years ago. I'm talking now. You're talking the past. Now wonder we, no wonder we can't move forward in this state. Texter says, Barry making points. <laughs> Uh, 304 Talk 304. Dave, our West Virginia Senate is gerrymandering and delaying for themselves. They work just like the Republican IRS commissioner. Slow, inaccurate, and uncaring. 304 Talk 304. Brad mentioning the whataboutism from a decade ago. Dave tried to justify that Thursday. What about the time this happened so it makes it okay, right, Dave? Question, did the Dems in 2011 have public comment periods, essentially wasting voters' time, and said period only to release said maps they were sitting on just the whole time? You know, lack of transparency, or did they say, hey, here's the maps from the beginning, because that's probably the big difference here. Well, I know, I'm trying to draw on the memory bank. I don't know about 2011, uh, but... I will tell you this, I've said my problems with the process, not necessarily the maps themselves. I think you could justify them, but you went through the whole process and then you dropped the maps at the very end. Now I've, I've got to, why didn't you bring it up before? Why 
did you not respect the process, not respect the public input? Why come at the very end and drop these? And let's not pretend, yes, we'll bring up whataboutism just for the sake, let's not pretend this is exclusive to one party or another. It happens on both sides. You, Ten years from now, if Democrats would win control and have majorities, super majorities, which isn't going to happen, but if they did, you better believe they would draw the maps to their advantage. That's what happens here. And I will throw this in there as well. A nonpartisan commission to take care of that wouldn't help matters either. Go look at other states. They are deadlocked and basically deferring to courts because these supposed nonpartisan commissions can't agree either. My problems with the process, I thought it was a good process. I thought it was a transparent process. There were options out there. People could look. There were public input. Not everyone was going to be happy. That's always a guarantee in this process. Not everyone is going to be happy. But to basically ignore the process and for a group of 11 people, it seems, to come up with their own map, I've got an issue with that. I've got an issue with that. I don't care what happened 10 years ago. I want you to respect the process now. Respect the state constitution today, to the texter's point. It's not justification. It's trying to figure out why you would come at it from this perspective. And, well, that's apparently maybe the way they're thinking. 304 Talk 304 is the text line. More of your text in a moment. We're talking about your town. Now back to the talk of the town. 304 Talk 304 is the text line 800 765 TALK. Talk is the phone number. Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchival coming up momentarily. Top of the hour, House Majority Leader Amy Summers from Taylor County will join Hoppy 1006. Alex Mooney at 1020. Uh, Mitch Carmichael talking broadband at 1033. The aforementioned Brad McElhenney at 45. Uh, Dr. Allison Wilson uh, from WVU Medicine, she leads the ICUs and Critical Care and Trauma Institute at WVU Medicine, chief triage officer during the pandemic as well. Uh, we'll discuss um, COVID, where it is in the hospital, and uh, COVID deaths at Ruby over the weekend. Uh, let's see. Jeff Jenkins stops by as well. Jared Halpern will talk about uh, General Powell, uh, General Colin Powell, if you haven't seen them, I'm sure you have at this point. Uh, passed away this morning at the age of 84. So that's the uh, talk line lineup coming up this morning. Uh, text line 304 Talk 304. Dave, tonight at Westover City Council, we'll find out who is Dave Johnson's yes men and who cares about law and order. I agree. Great things economically are happening in Westover, but this is not because of the mayor. He just happened to be there. When the wheel went around. Well, that happens to you sometimes uh, in elected positions. You happen to be the guy or the girl, the man or the woman. You happen to be the person in the, you know, the position when things start happening. But, but I will say that it was Dave Johnson who fought. Uh, for that minor boundary adjustment to include 
the Morgantown Mall into the city of Westover, which it had never been. And that had been a, I mean, you go back 20 years. We talked about it on this show. That's been, well, that's Tom Bloom's first term when he first came on the county commission. Uh, but, you know, we talked about it, how there was a deal in place and it fell through. And, and, you know, long story short, Johnson was the push for that. And it also takes, it also takes some level of relationship building and some level of cooperation for those other annexations that took place because those, you know, weren't a minor boundary adjustment. It wasn't, you know, they were amicable. Both sides wanted to be part of those annexation efforts. And it worked out. And you can look look at the city of Morgantown. When you look at past leadership, past city councils, and relationships that did not exist, efforts to grow the city's boundaries failed. Uh, failed astronomically. Okay, those are the good things. And we're talking about Mayor Dave Johnson. The negatives are, look, there's these looming allegations out there. There are these rumors. This meeting happened. These allegations were made. Now, do you address them? Do you find out? Let's find out. Let's get an answer. However you do that. Did these things happen? Were there abuses of power or were there not? Is this all personal and political you-know-what match? Well, there's a meeting tonight. We'll find out. <laughs> Don't have time to read that text. Just glancing over. All right, that's all the time I have this morning. Uh, Metro News Talk Line coming up. Dr. Gordon Gee's uh, State of the University address. We'll have that. We'll cover Westover City Council tonight. We'll talk about it all tomorrow morning. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.